For so many people, Sex in the City is a model for the ideal New York City life and dream. You get to sit with your friends on Fifth Avenue, drinking Cosmos and living out your main character life. But what they don't show is the hard work and perseverance that living in New York City really is. Join me, Caven Hendren, as I set out to cultivate a community of people from various industries, from the performing arts world, to the modeling world, even the real estate and finance world, to talk about what it's actually like living in the concrete jungle. Along the way, we'll have thought-provoking conversation, share advice to each other, share advice to you, and don't worry, we'll drink a few Cosmos along the way. This is The Bradshaw Effect. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Bradshaw Effect. So, <laughs> today I am here with Olivia Laskin. And we are recording this for the second time because I fucked up the first time that we recorded this <laughs> and my audio was terrible. So it was just secretly an excuse actually to get with Olivia again. So here we are on the floor of her apartment in person. So the audio doesn't fuck up this time. Re-recording. Hi, Olivia. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks for letting me uh, drag you back into this oh, for round number two. Absolutely. Anytime. So a little bit of a backstory behind how I know Olivia is before I moved to New York, uh, I was really wanting to test drive what it was like to live here. And I know that I've talked about subletting in a couple of episodes here on the show, but I had no idea that subletting was a thing, that that is something people do because back in Kentucky where I'm from, people just don't do that. You live in your apartment or you don't. Like, that's just it. Um, and so whenever I was figuring out um, what that would look like, by coincidence, one of Olivia's roommates um, and one of my friends, Andrew, was looking for someone to sublet his room. And so the cards fell as they did. And um, I ended up subletting for about a month and some days because my flight got messed up on the way out. But I think that was like a great time. I mean, I think yeah. I was a good, a good subletter. The best sublet. We just hit it off right away. We had so much in common. I think the month, it was a month that you were living here, mm -hmm. right? We just had a blast. We tried a bunch of different restaurants in the area. And of course, we bonded over our mutual love of sex in the city. It was a great time. I call Olivia my Charlotte because oh. I think she looks just like Kristen Davis. Like that, besides the, that's why. Um, I'm you, honored. You have many, I mean, me and you, I think, what are you a mix of? Like, are you, are you a Charlotte, a Carrie? I'm a, I'm a Carrie Charlotte. I, I'm also a Carrie Charlotte. Okay. I that's, think we're right there. See, that's why we get along so well. It's like my, my Instant better connection. Half. Um, no, but Olivia like showed me the ropes of all of the things around the neighborhood. She took me grocery shopping with her. So I had my first New York grocery <laughs> shop at Key Food. We love it. A classic staple of New York. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, for anybody who's wanting to move to New York, but you're scared of maybe the commitment, I highly recommend subletting because it gets, you know, it lets you put your toe in the water and try it out before you fully commit to a lease. And you just learn a lot about yourself in that month. Yeah, absolutely. And it also gives you different places to explore if you're subletting in the city. And you also have people that you know that you might not have known. And it gives you kind of a community, I think. And it gives you like for whenever you move here, you make your official move. 
that you have all these places that you know you love and then you can recommend people there. I mean, Harlem Public, you showed me Harlem Public oh and now I go there all the time. I'm actually going there tomorrow for dinner with somebody and it's like... Thank goodness. It's, it's one of the spot. best places. And like living in Brooklyn, I make the commute to Harlem Public <laughs> because I love it that much. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Pop Rock Margarita. Uh-huh. Mm. Shout out to Harlem Public. If you want to, you want to, if you want to give us a sponsor, you let me know. I'll <laughs> gladly promote you anytime. Um, but yeah, no, subletting is just a really great, a really great tool, and um, helps you kind of, yeah, like you said, build a community, get your feet on the ground, and then hey, if you find out you don't like it, you don't move. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's an intro to the city. Exactly. Without making it a permanent thing quite yet and then you can decide if you want to want to make it permanent want to make the move exactly and i sublet in february of 2022 and it was really fucking cold that month freezing like this past february was actually warm (laughs) compared to that yeah like i brought all of those clothes for winter i was like i know i'm gonna be miserable i have to have all of these clothes and I don't think I wore any of them because it was so warm and I was like oh okay global warming is great but um no but it was it's just crazy how different every year with the seasons are I mean this is my first summer in New York like full summer I was here last summer for like a little bit but like this is my first like full summer and I'm sweating every like by 30 seconds I walk yeah. outside the fucking door I yeah, can't absolutely. like absolutely and I saw someone the other day on the street. They had like these little handheld fans, like the little um, mm-hmm. silk fans. Yeah. And I told her, I just like was walking past her. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And she was like, oh, I have one for every outfit. She was like, I have so many different colors. Cause she's like, it's so fucking hot in the summer. Like you have to have a fan. And that I was is like, so fierce. I immediately went to Amazon <laughs> Yeah, as you and, did. and bought <laughs> some of these like different varieties of fans. Cause I was like, I will be doing that because yeah. you, I find, I think I'm just a sweaty person maybe. <laughs> I look nice, and then I walk outside, and by the time I'm at the train, I'm, like, dripping. Well, absolutely. And also, the city in August is something else. It's just, I think, the hottest place. (laughs) Well, whenever I moved here, I didn't know that our place didn't have central AC. I thought it did. And so I didn't have an AC whenever I moved. And so when we got to the apartment, I opened the door, and it was, like, boom just like 90 degrees and ball like balming degrees, yeah. i was like okay this is what it's gonna be cool um and i didn't get an ac because i thought fall would come sooner than it did fall really didn't come till late november oh late november this year yeah let's get into your story a little bit like sure. why don't you tell people about your journey here to new york and um you know did you did you watch sex in the city before of moving course, here of okay course. so like why don't you tell about how that influenced you like what your conception was before moving and all of that fun stuff yeah okay so hello i'm olivia i am an actress singer and intimacy choreographer based out of new york city i've been here for about two oh two years a little bit over two years Um, And I moved here in 2021, pretty much right after I graduated. Um, And my perception of the city, let's see. I think from Sex and the City, like everything just seemed to be easy and a seamless transition while still like, you know, having its moments. So 
I think when I first moved to the city, I had this idea that it's the city that never sleeps and that you'd be constantly going, going, going. And I think that's true. But I also think that there's um, a serenity in the city mm. that I didn't expect and a peacefulness and a community. Um, and so I, I think that was my biggest preconception and then reality. It's very much you get into your flow of things and your pattern of life and it becomes very, very normal. Well, like, and also the city is very much a place that you get out of it, what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And grasping that was super hard. Like, it's so easy here to, like, let, as Moira Rose says, let the bastards get you down (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of give into that. But there's power in just kind of sticking through and reminding yourself that you got here for a reason you wanted to be here for a reason and once you kind of let that mindset really sink in for me at least it made everything a little bit easier moving forward because then I kind of reminded myself I do belong here I came here for this reason let's get back on track don't let the little obstacles make everything feel like it wasn't worth it right no, oh, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Well, what about, um, so whenever you got here, what was that journey like of settling into your routine and like where you moved to and like job navigating, all that sort of stuff? So I feel like I was lucky because I moved with a couple of friends and a lot of the alumni from my college um, also moved up to New York City. So I felt like in a way that I had this built in network of people, which was great. Um, So I think in terms of just having people in the city, I feel very fortunate because I did have a little bit of um, a support system already in place. Uh, Just because, you know, uh, my college was a lot of performers and there's a lot of performers in the city. So people kind of just understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like a a good transition. However, in terms of, I think, just getting used to the day-to-day and figuring out the subway systems. Um, City Mapper, by the way. I will shameless plug that left and right. No, I love City Mapper. <laughs> I still use it. <laughs> it's just like, if you all don't know about City Mapper, and download if it. You download it. If you're coming here for a trip, <laughs> if you live here and you don't have it, download it. It is so nice. It tells you what cars are the best. Like, so like when the train pulls up, it says like, go toward like the middle cars. They're like not as packed, or go to the end cars. They're not as packed. I don't know how they do that, but that's brilliant. It always works. And then it also tells you like down to the T of like exit the Northwest corner because Apple maps suck. Sorry. I love Apple, but Apple maps are terrible (laughs) and Google maps, terrible city mapper. They, they got it down. It's where it's at the best app in the city. I'll firmly stand by it. (laughs) Not sponsored, but we'll gladly accept a sponsorship. (laughs) Shameless plugs left and right. (laughs) But it's like discovering the little things in the city, you know, like the, the app that works for you. Um, a place in the city where you can just just go and detox like um St. Luke's Garden in the West Village is this mm. tiny little garden that's right near a church and it's very quiet and it's a good kind of getaway. I mean, you have Central Park, you have just different spaces in the city and I think it's finding the places that work for you, whether that's the public library branches all around the city, things like that. I think figuring out my routine was the biggest thing for me and like you said, like still figuring it out. It takes a year, year and a half. No one has a specific timeline but I think once I started to figure that out and be like, okay, here are some of my favorite places. This is where I can go to detox. Like 
this is where I can go, you know, with, out with friends and getting into a routine and just kind of knowing your way around the city, I think was really essential. Um, but it takes, it takes time and it's hard, I think, when you're maybe used to a smaller city or a mm-hmm. slower um, pace yep. to adjust to New York. But you you get there eventually. It's I also like. it's also like accepting that well just in life in general, but I think especially here, it's okay that your life doesn't look like what you expected it to. Absolutely. Like I'm learning that and just like trying to bring that into my mantra in life in general, but especially like living here in New York, like where there are eight million other people around you, it's really easy to think, why doesn't my life look like this person? Especially in our industry. Oh my God. I feel like it's so easy to compare our lives and what we think they should look like. We have all these friends doing amazing things. They're sharing it on social media. There's like a weird pressure that you then have to feel like you have to prove yourself, like that you are, at least for me, I don't, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for me, I feel like then a pressure of having to show, well, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I had to do like a little come to Jesus moment with myself a couple of months ago where I was like, why do I feel that way? Like it's, and granted, it's easier to say that, but like it really is a practice of like having to realize that everybody's successes are different and that everybody's successes look different. And some days for me, my success is waking up and going, getting my favorite cup of coffee and going back home and reading a book. 100%. And someone else's that day might be that they booked a Broadway show and that's great. But like, and it is easy to look at those two successes and go, well, one's obviously greater, but it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody, and I know it's such a cliche saying, but comparison is the thief of joy, and I think, you know, we're on this earth for such a short amount of time that we might as well just find our joy wherever we can, and I think that's become a huge motto for me, Mm -hmm. since, especially since, I think, moving here is it's finding the things that bring you joy and um, trying not to... I mean, compare yourself. I mean, it's hard. I think especially, you know, with social media and all sorts of things. But, I mean, I think we're all on different paths and different journeys. And we just get there at different times. Yep. And that's okay. But it's so hard, I think, to feel that in the moment. It really is. I mean, that was like, I posted a video on social media a couple weeks ago where I basically said that exact thing. And it was, I posted it because I was like, I just need to say it out loud and put it out there and then take my own advice and move on. And like, I don't care if anybody else gets something from it. It's for me. I need to just say this and put it out there. And like, and since really saying that and using that and believing it and trusting it, I've been so much happier. And I'm like, wow, couldn't have done that (laughs) nine months ago when I moved here. Absolutely. And I think everyone needs to hear it at different times, right? Everyone needs to understand, you know, like your joy comes first and it's finding your joy. It does. Um, And it doesn't matter if it's getting a cup of coffee or, you know, going for a walk in the park or um, whatever it is. But everyone needs to hear it at different times because we, I think we all fall victim to that. Oh, absolutely. But it's, it's, uh, I think the way you like push forward and seek out what is out there that is going to give you the most joy that day, even if it's a little tiny thing. So I love that. The cup of coffee and reading a book. So why don't you talk about kind of what you're doing right now and what gets you out of bed? What gets me out of bed? Hmm. In terms of my artistic life or life outside of my artistic life? I mean, I guess they kind of go hand in hand. What about like a little bit of both? 
Sure. So in, I guess in terms of both my artistic life and my outside life, even though they both connect, kind of what I was saying to you before is it's, it's finding my joy. And a huge thing for me is helping people. That's what brings me the most joy. So um, for my day job, I work in nonprofits and uh, I work with donors and we do a lot of outreach for arts and education programs and we're also a theater company. Um, and I just feel very passionately about our message and I think the work that we're doing overall. So I have really been enjoying myself in terms of my day job. And then in terms of my artistic life, um, I told you I'm an intimacy choreographer and an artist. And I think for me, just connecting with fellow artists mm -hmm. and um, getting involved in work that I love and um, with people I love is what I've been enjoying. Um, so yeah, I think for me, what I am continuing to do and what I'm doing now is, again, finding my joy and bringing that joy to other people. It all comes back to that at the end of the day. Like if you're doing something that makes you happy and it will extend into other facets of your life. And something that we were talking about this a little bit earlier with like success and everything, something I feel like, especially our age group mm -hmm. forgets is how young we are. We are so young. I have to remind myself that because I feel old. <laughs> well, and it's like, th there is such a pressure from society and everything around us that we have to be 10 steps ahead of where we actually are. I don't know if someone else needs to hear that, but I just needed to say that because I feel like yeah. sometimes it's easy for us to forget that. We get caught up in trying to be what other people want us to be and yeah. reminding ourselves like it's okay to take our time to get where we want to be. Yeah, and to do things that you love. I mean, I think, not to sound repetitive, but I think it kind of ties into the other answer, mm. which is creating art and incorporating that art to hopefully make a change in this world and maybe make a change for other people. I um, am also a children's theater minor, and so I feel very passionately about merging arts and education. Uh, that's a, a huge thing for me, and I think it's so important. Uh, as a kid, art really changed my life, and it, it helped me get out of my shell in terms of um, I was incredibly shy growing up, and it gave me a community of people that were special to me and who understood me and accepted me and encouraged me to be the best person that I could. So in terms of my goals for the future, I would really love to continue to do uh, work in arts and education. Um, I also feel very passionately about um, intimacy choreography. The whole thing there is to make, to make it less weird, <laughs> to make intimacy work in shows less weird, um, and to create brave and courageous environments for people to feel like they can do their best work and to take risks so that they can produce things that they're proud of. Mm. And I like to be able to be a part of that journey. Yeah. And I think for me, um, and also as an actor and a, a singer, I think that's important to, and to do work with people who also think that's important and who um, are just there for the joy and uh, the, the passion and the drive of 
art in the community that I just, I want to continue to have that be a part of my life and to bring that to other people's lives as well is I think my goals for the future. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everything always comes back to finding people that you're in a line with in align with your career endeavors, personal endeavors, anything like that. I feel like that is really what I feel like we're all hopefully on the journey of is like finding those people that we can hold close and want to collaborate with and be, you know, yeah. surround ourselves with people like that. Yeah. I have to ask, what are your, your goals for the future? What are, what is the things that like drive you? Oh gosh. Um, I feel like for me personally, a lot of what I aspire career wise is just connection beautiful and I think that's why so much of what I have been trying to do in terms of my career is revolved around connection whether that be this podcast or the book that I have that's coming out like all of it is to connect with people in a deeper way um and even with you know my performance stuff in my writing and every facet I feel like roots down to that that I want to you know, connect with people in, in, a, in a creative and vulnerable and artistic way, whatever that might be. Like, I remember when I first started the podcast, I got a lot of, well, this really isn't about sex in the city. This is about, you know, industry things and people's lives. Yeah. And I was like, that's what sex in the city was. It's about connection and sex, their lives in the city. <laughs> sex in the city. Exactly. It's, it's, it is about connection and about friendships and about career and making that work in a place that is known as like the place where people come to follow their dreams. And that's what I want to speak to. I want to speak to the people that, you know, are the next Carrie Bradshaw's are the next Miranda Hobbs, whatever, (laughs) you know? And especially as we go into like this next season, I did lean into sex in the city a little bit more with some of the spinoff things that I'm doing, like with the after dark special Bradshaw effect after dark, we'll be kind of going into, um, more you know fun dating stories cosmo (laughs) drinking like it will be like more casual but i don't want to lose this because this is really what i love it's sitting down with people like you and people that i want to know better um and have you know in my in my circle in my rolodex (laughs) to you know to build a stronger connection with and to hear their stories and because i have made it a huge part of my life as i never know who might get something from my story, who might get something from your story, whoever else's story. So like the more we can tell our stories to the masses, I think it's going to hopefully just pave the way for a kinder and better world. At the root of, I think the human experience is our want for connection. So I think that's a beautiful thing. That's what you're striving to do and bring people together. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're doing a pretty good job. The Bradshaw Effect fam. <laughs> the Bradshaw Effect, yes. Do you have any last bits of advice that you want to give people maybe? I know we've, we've talked a lot about this episode of like navigating the city and finding joy. And do you have any advice for people on that that might be wanting to move here or just like people in their personal life, artistic life, whatever it might be? I would say my biggest advice is we are all in our own timelines We're never too old, we're never too young to start trying new things. And we're never too young or too old to keep learning, Mm -hmm. taking risks, and uh, trying to find the things that really give us the most positivity and joy so that we can give that 
to other people, or at least experience it with other people. And just like that, we are at the end of the episode. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us and listening. And thank you, Olivia, for letting me steal you again for <laughs> recording. It was an absolute honor. <laughs> thank you for having me, truly. Oh my gosh, of course. Please make sure that you follow us so you don't miss any episodes. And go follow us on social media, the Bradshaw Effect Podcast on Instagram or the Bradshaw Effect Podcast on Facebook. Um, we are getting a TikTok. <gasps> I know. I'm going to wow. dip my toes in a TikTok, Ooh, TikTok. Uh, for the Bradshaw Effect. So yeah, stay tuned for all that. Love you all. Hope you have a great day, night, whenever you listen to this. And uh, bye. Bye.